6, 2 Kings chapter 6, we're talking again about um, It's Not My Fault, the series It's Not My Fault. And so today's message is, is you can always find a choice. Now again, as, as I've told you before, I am the king of excuses. I am the king of blame. And, uh, and, and it shows in our lives. And we live in a society where, again, wherever it's not my fault, it's the government's fault. It's my mom's fault. It's the Republicans. It's the Democrats. It's, it's, it's my boss. It's traffic. It's blood. You know, it just it goes through all that. Now, so sometimes in, in life, sometimes we are faced with a difficult situation. Sometimes bad things do happen to us. And it wasn't our fault. It just, it, 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 I walked into this or I was dealt this, this bad hand. Now, some of you, if you, maybe you come from another country and you might hear us in America, I was dealt a bad hand. Uh, you're like, what? Bad hand? And what the term is, and, and I don't play poker, but I've played some cards and stuff like that at times. But what it means is in, in card games, you're dealt a hand of cards. And, and what you're saying is you're getting a bad hand of cards where you can't win the game. You can't win the round. And so in, in Americanism, our words, we use, this, we use the phrase, I was dealt a bad hand. Meaning, I was dealt a bad hand of cards. I can't do anything with this. My life's terrible, or my job's terrible, or my marriage is terrible, or, or my health is terrible, and there's nothing I can do about it. And I want to challenge us about that thought, okay? But let's read out of Second uh, Kings chapter six. Second Kings chapter six, verse thirteen through eighteen. Now, let me just kind of build this real quick. What's happening is Elisha is the prophet at the time. He he, he had uh, he had come and, and he came after he succeeded Elijah. So Elisha hears from the Lord. He's praying, and and the 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 Aramean kingdom, the king of Aram wants to destroy the children of Israel. So he, he sends up his army. And every time he goes to, to set up his army, the Lord tells Elisha, and Elisha goes and tells the king of Israel, hey, the armies are over here, the enemy armies, so don't go over there. And so the king is saying, what is going on? He asks all his men, hey, some, there's a spy among us. And so here he is. He's got, and so they say, no, 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 king, it's not a spy. The Lord speaks to Elisha. Here it is, Second Kings chapter 6. Verses 13 through 18. So he says this, Go, find out where he is, the king ordered, so I can send men and capture him. The report came back. He is in Dothan. Verse 14. Then he sent horses and chariots, a strong force there. They went by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the, of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Verse 16, don't be afraid, the prophet answered, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now think about it. Let me just stop there for a second. So here it is. His servant, Elisha's servant, wakes up. He goes out in the morning. Maybe he's going out to get the milk. Maybe he's going out to get the eggs. I don't know what he's doing. Maybe he's out going to go take a jog or something. He goes out and he sees that the city of Dothan is surrounded by the enemy army, chariots and soldiers. His first response is, I'm going to go in and, Elijah, what are we going to do? We're surrounded. What are we going to do? And Elisha says to him, there are more for us than there are against us. And so I'm sure Elijah's servant said, you have been too much on the Holy Spirit. You, maybe you're drinking. I don't know what the problem is, but I, all I see is these armies. Okay? So sometimes we get in a situation and we say, God, I don't see a way out of this. And the pastor or a Christian friend says, hey, there are more for you than it gets. Oh, you're, something's wrong with your brain, pastor. Or something's wrong with your brain, sister. And here, let me, let's, now let's pick it up, okay? 
Here it is. So he says, oh my Lord, what should we do? Verse 16, don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes so that he may see. Check this out. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Isn't that awesome? So his servant's eyes, he had no choice. We're surrounded. There's nothing I can do. I'm dealt a bad hand. Elisha says, no, there's more force than against us. God opened his eyes. His eyes are open. And then he sees in the spiritual realm, he sees angels and chariots of fire. Can you imagine that? Come on, can you imagine that? So, so many of us in our lives, and it, it goes on, it says, and verse 18, as the enemy came toward him, Elijah prayed to the Lord, strike these people with blindness. So he struck them with the blindness. And of course, the rest of, this, rest of the account is, Elijah leads them right into the, into the city, uh, uh, the capital, and, the, and then they're defeated. Okay? So a lot of times, check this out. Have you ever felt that you were stuck in a situation without any choices? Maybe you feel like your situation is hopeless. Maybe there's no answer. Pastor, I've tried it all. I've prayed. Nothing works. I've, I've, I've gone to counseling. I've gone to my brothers and sisters. I've done this and I've done that. You don't understand. My job's a dead-end job. You don't understand. This thing is just not working. Or maybe you've been at a business meeting. Maybe you've been at a, uh, in, your, in your workplace or in school and you've brought a project and you've brought a, a strategic plan and, and you bring this out and they're like, that sounds great, but we can't afford it. We don't have the money. I don't know how many times I've seen events like that happen in churches and community events where we don't have the money. We can't do that. So they get to table. And so their choice was not to do it. Well, come on, Pastor, come on. They didn't have the money. Well, my mindset, and I'm trying to get better at it again, is releasing that old stand Nelson, is there's always something that can be done. There's a way. If, if it's really important and it needs to get done, there's a way to fund it. Right? There's a way to get people to do that. Now, so in your spiritual life, you saying, well, Pastor, I'm stuck. I'm never going to get beyond that. And I'm here to tell you there are more choices than that. We're going to look at it here because you look at, again, Elisha's servant. His choice was, what are we going to do? We're surrounded. Elisha says, you know what? We're not surrounded. They're surrounded. And I want to help you this morning to get over your minds that this, there's nothing I can do. I've been dealt this bad part. The reality of life is that every day we have millions of choices, Right? Come on, Billy, you could have chose not to come here today. I'm glad you chose to come here today. Because this word is for you and I today. This word is for the church. This word is for our nation. This word is for all of us. And you've got to go from the mindset saying, I'm, I'm stuck and, and there's no change to say, you know what? I have unlimited choices. I might be stuck. I might not be able to see what's going on in my life or, or, or an answer, but God can help me because greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen? And so with that, Hebrews 11, when I have it in the New King James and I have it in the NLT. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In the New Living Translation, faith is, check this out, confidence that we hope for, we, we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. So God is a big God. Amen? Did it, did it come up? Is it gone now? So you, okay, you got to be ready, okay? So the first thing I want to talk about is that there's always a choice that you can make. There are always choices, amen? You can always find a choice. So the first, let's talk about the roadblocks to choices. The first is this, letter A, is the roadblock to choices are limited choices. I didn't put these in, so you can write them in if you want, or you can just listen. Elisha's servant, 
Elisha's servant felt like he had no other choice. And he went and he said, in despair, Elisha, what shall we do? We are, we are, we're surrounded, man. This is it. This is it, Elijah. This, this is the end of the game. Game over. We're, we're done. But the thing about Elisha's servant is he had seen Elisha do the miraculous. He had seen God do these great things. And all of us have seen God do great things. But sometimes when we feel like we're surrounded, all of a sudden we feel like there's nothing I can do. I have no choices. What's wrong with me? I'm such an evil person. I'm such a loser. And that's what the devil wants you to do. Or, or I'm hopeless. I might as well just give up. And that's exactly what the devil wants you to do, right? But you've got to say, you know what? Sure, I don't see any choices. My choices might be limited. But there's always a choice. Amen? You see, you may be surrounded. Maybe it's because of a business decision, a personal decision. Maybe it's because of... Uh, something going on in your life. Maybe it's your dead-end job. Maybe it's something that happened in your past. Maybe it's a broken or strained relationship. You may feel like, you know what, I don't know what to do. I'm at the end of my ropes. And that's a good thing sometimes for us to come before God. But I want to remind you that God is bigger and there are billions of choices. You have unlimited choices. Amen? There are always choices. So letter B. Let me go to the next thing. So there's limited choices. I want to help you that there are unlimited choices. Letter B is the choice you did not want. Now, a lot of times we plan stuff out, right? Or we, we say, God, this is how I want it to do. I'm going to pray A, I'm going to pray B, and answer needs to be C, right? And God says, okay, pray A, pray B, answer G. And because answer C didn't come, you've got to answer G, you're upset, right? Because it didn't work out the way you wanted, what you thought it worked out. But you still have choice. You can accept answer G, or you can whine about you didn't get answer C. Are you catching or, listen to this, or you're praying and you're saying, God, I need a breakthrough in this situation, and there's a roadblock. And how many times the first roadblock is we just quit? Oh, I, I prayed 30 minutes and I can't. Oh, I prayed for a day and, oh God, where's the answer, right? And enough, I prayed for a month. Pastor, you don't get it. I've been praying for 30 years, and I'm going to continue to say, keep praying and expect God for new choices. Amen? You see, sometimes... We have this preconceived notion, and if the answer doesn't come the way we want it, we think we're done. Because we have a limited mindset. We have a limited choice. We have a limited thing. And and listen to this. This mindset, if it doesn't work out the way we want to, we feel that we have no choices. We put ourselves into a prison. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you think it always has to be A plus B equals C every time, and it doesn't become C, you're limiting God. Because maybe God isn't working in algebra. Maybe He's working in a different type of thing today. Right? You see, we, we say, God, you've always got to work in this box. You have to answer my prayers according to the way I say they happen. God can do whatever He wants, whenever and however He wants to do it. Amen? And you say, well, Pastor, that's, that sounds great, but I'm stuck. You don't get it, Pastor. God can give you an answer. God has maybe given you an answer, but you haven't accepted it because you're still stuck. You've given up on C not being your answer. This mindset will keep you in prison. And if the first roadblock you hit makes you quit, you're going to be stuck. The first opposition. You've got to say, okay, you've got to go from I don't have any choices or to I may not have the choice I want, but there are always choices for me. There's always an answer. There's always a way out of this situation. Amen? 
Letter C, blaming others. Now, this is kind of the concept. Blaming others. Blaming others for your lack of choices. Again, I'm, I'm good at this. I'm good at blaming others. And it's going back to the blame game. We all play the blame game. Okay? Well, I've tried talking to my husband. He just won't listen. Or I've tried talking to my wife. She just won't listen. I've tried talking to the boss, but she's stuck. I've tried a new career, and it just didn't work. Or I, I want a new career, but they're not hiring. Or I tried talking to my mom, and she just gets angry. I tried counseling and it didn't work. I tried going to church, but it just didn't work. I tried prayer, but it just, just didn't work. Remember we talked about that word tried. Did you really try it fully? But what happens is, who is getting the blame? Somebody else is getting the blame. And so you say, my choice is to put the blame on them. My choice is to put the stress on them. Can I give you, can I give you a secret? They're sleeping at night. They're not stressing out. You're putting all the blame. It's all their fault. It's all their fault. But they're sleeping like a log and you're up all night. <gasps> what am I going to do? Oh, what am I going to do? So who is really carrying the burden? Whose fault really is it then? Stop blaming. Your lack of choices are still your choices. It's not my fault. It's someone else's fault. It's, it's, it's this bad hand I've dealt. It's the circumstances of life. You see, the complainer is the one holding the results. You can complain about how bad your life is, how bad your job is, how bad your relationships, how bad it is. You can, cl- you can blame all you want, but you're the one holding the issue, right? So you have a choice. Blame others and hold the issue or say, God, I need an answer. Or you know what, God? There are unlimited choices for me. I can change this through you. We can get through this, Father. We can make it through this situation. You can make it better, God. Amen? Blaming does not solve problems. Amen? I wish our government would get that, right? I'm blaming them. It's their fault, right? Maybe I'll email this message to them. I don't know. Maybe you can. It's up to you and I to find the choices that are available that we're not seeing. So let me move on. Number two. Number two, God promises. Listen to this. This is awesome. There is no such thing as no way out. There is no such thing as no way out. Say that with me. There is no such thing as no way out. You need to start believing that. I need to start believing that. I need to start accepting that. Letter A, you are never, never without options. Right? Remember Elisha's servant. He felt surrounded. He felt no escape. But check out, the nature of God is this. Options. It is God's nature to create Options. That's the way God is. In fact, I love the scriptures. Can you just throw the scriptures up I have up there? Proverbs 11.9 says this. With his mouth, the godless destroys his neighbor. But through knowledge, what? The righteous escape. God gives you a brain and he says, I can give you knowledge that will help you escape. And then, you, I love the scripture. 1 Corinthians 10.13. No temptation has seized you Except what is common to man. What does that mean? We've all been tempted. We all have weaknesses. And God, listen, God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. That's awesome. You should be shouting, amen? But when you are tempted, listen to this, but when you are tempted, He wants you to burn and go to hell. 
Now that's not what my Bible says. My Bible says, when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. You always have a choice. Amen. God always makes a way out of the wilderness. God always has a way out of whatever you're dealing with. Again, Pastor, it's not my fault. And that could be true. But God says, I've got a door right here. Stop whining. Stop griping. Stop grumbling. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Look at the door over here. Amen? Did you know God talks to us like that? Then there are times that He lovingly takes us by the hand and He walks us over to the door and says, Now, your choice. God is a loving God. Amen? You always have an option. You are never without options. God will open doors. God is a creator of God. So then let it be, God still answers prayers and does the miraculous. Amen? Come on! God still does... In fact, it, if I didn't believe that, I would have left this church a long time. I would have got out of the ministry a long time ago. I don't want to be a liar. I don't want to be a hypocrite. I mean, many of us in this room, we've seen God do deliverances and healings and, and all that. We've got to say, you know what, God? You can always do that in my life. In whatever situation I'm going through, whatever provision that I need, there is a God who provides a way. In other words, there is never such a thing as a no-win situation. Oftentimes I've said that, God, this is a no-win situation. And he said, okay, if that's what you want, then go for it. It's no win for you, but for me, I can open anything up. I can do anything. Remember? Elisha's servant. What are we going to do? We are surrounded. Did you see how Elisha reacted? Oh my goodness, what are we going to do? There's more for us than against us. There's always someone for you. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And if God is for us, then... Who can be against us? You need to believe that. There is always an answer. When we seek God, He always provides a way to escape from whatever ensnares us. He's such a loving God. Amen? God will always make a way through the wilderness. God will make a way through any situation you're dealing with. We must move from it's not my fault or I have no choices to say, God, there are lots of things that can be done. Show me. Open the door. Let me see the door. Amen? The next thing I want to talk about is adaptability. Okay, so helping you find choices is adaptability. Letter A, going to bed hungry. Now, most of us in this nation don't go to bed hungry unless we want to. Okay, the only, the only time I go to bed hungry is when the doctor tells me, you're coming in for an exam, go to bed fasting. <clears throat> but I do it. Okay, because I know the next morning after I'm done with the exam, I'm going to chat, I'm going to pig out. Excuse me. I'm going to eat a lot for whatever meal I missed. See, the way I work is if I miss a meal, I make up for it the next meal. I mean, that's, isn't that just right? Right? That's just the way it works for me. I mean, I just, that's the way I am, okay? So adaptability, going to bed and hungry. So, so let me talk about this, okay? I know this would sound crazy. Just, just, how many of you like hot dogs? How many of you know what hot dogs are? I mean, like tofu. Pizza. Food. I mean, like food. Okay, okay, so, but I'm going to just use hot dogs, okay? I, I'm not a real big hot dog fan, but I do, I do, and I'll eat a hot dog once in a while, okay? But I'm just using this as an example, okay? So, so going to bed hungry, let's say if you're not adoptable, and you have in your mindset, I'm going to have to have a, a hot dog for dinner. And if you're not adaptable, you're not flexible, and you go to your refrigerator, you open up, and you see that there are no hot dogs in there. 
There's no hot dogs, so I guess I'm not going to eat dinner because I'm not flexible. I'm not adaptable. I guess I'll watch TV for a little while. My stomach's growling. I sure could eat a hot dog. I have no choice. It's just the way the hand was dealt to me. Okay, I'm just going to go to bed hungry now. You laugh. But how many times do we do that? Because something isn't the way we want it. Or the answer is not there. Or the thing that we want is not there. So we think, I guess I'll just go through life without it. It's not my fault. I guess I'll just starve in here. God doesn't really care about me. But did you miss the taquitos in the freezer? Oh, thank God. Did you miss the jar of kimchi? Oh, gloria a Dios. Did you miss the turkey and the wheat bread? Do you see what I'm saying? Well, there's no hot dogs, so there's nothing to eat, so I'm just going to go to bed. I'm going to get hungry. Elisha's servant, oh my Lord, what shall we do? So let it be an important quality is, is being adaptable. Ability to adapt. Now there's a military concept. Again, growing up in a military home, they have this concept. It's called adapt, right? Did I get it right? Improvise, adapt, improvise, and overcome. Is that right? You military people? Did I say it right? Something like that or whatever it is. In our lives, we're overcome sometimes because we are not willing to adapt. We give up because we don't see what we want. And maybe God has given us a bigger thing. Amen? And so an important part of being an adult, an important quality is the ability to adapt. Now, a good quality that you and I should have is say, I can adapt. This vaults a person into adulthood. Now, many of us now, our kid, my kids are getting older, so, so they still hint, Dad, can you fix me this? And I'll just say, to them, no, you, you need to learn this. You, you do that. But I don't know how to do that. Well, yes, you do. I've taught you. Okay? Now, the thing is, is, you know, again, I told you about my mom being Korean, and whenever you, whenever you go to a Korean mom's house, they always, they just want to feed you. And I wouldn't always, thank, thank you, Jesus, and go to my mom's for a minute, you know. But there were times when I was, Mom, I'm just going to pick up that piece of paper. I'm just going to pick up that one thing. Don't feed us. You remember I talked about that, always having pizza. But now when I get on my own, when you get on your own to own, okay, listen to this, listen, I talk to you. Mommy and Daddy aren't there to feed you, right? Right? Mommy and Daddy aren't always there to feed you. Some of you are like, man, what's wrong with that? So an adult, as an adult, you can adopt. So you adapt. You can go in there. You can see, hey, there are no hot dogs in there. You can either go to bed hungry and say, you know what? I'm going to go out to eat. I'm going to go to Chipotle. I'm going to go find me an Indian restaurant. I'm going to find a Mexican. I mean, whatever. I'm going to find something. Or you could say, you know what? I'm going to have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Or you know what? I'm going to invite myself over to my neighbor's house because they're having a barbecue. Right? See, if you're an, a, a mature person, you will adapt. If you're stuck and you're closed-minded and you don't want to get beyond what you're going through, you're not going to adapt. You're just going to feel sorry. You're going to blame. And you see, quality of being mature is, is I can adapt. I can adapt. Okay, this isn't what I wanted. This isn't what I desired in life, but I can grow from it. I can move on. God can give me a different answer. Amen? You see, if we're adaptable, we can get past roadblocks. Are you following me now? We can overcome because God is an overcoming God. Amen? 
He gives us options that are viable. Learned helplessness. Let me talk about this for a minute. Learned helplessness. Now, what happens is people, this is a, this is a psychological human behavior, animal behavior thing, is where, where um, sociologists and, and, and animal scientists have done tests on animals where, where they would make it so the animals could not get out or they would make it so the, an, the animals couldn't feed themselves. And, and, and so they would, they would just get them to the point where they, just, they had a learned behavior saying, you know what, I'm helpless no matter what I do. And you see, maybe you and I, we might feel, you know what, Pastor, I am truly helpless to change my fate. No matter what I do, things just don't change. And maybe you were in a situation, maybe you did try something and it didn't work. And then you tried again and it didn't work. You tried again and it didn't work. And so then what happens is you begin to start giving up. So you know what, I tried all that and it just didn't work. So then what happens is you get back to what I taught, again, that learned helplessness. The learned helplessness. And so what happens, it says, that person begins to say, it doesn't matter what I do, someone still gets angry. It doesn't matter what I do, the boss is never happy. It doesn't matter what I do, my mom and dad will never be pleased. It doesn't matter what I do, I'll never get past this thing in my life. It doesn't matter what I do, I just cannot escape this bad life that I'm in. And so what happens is you're now in in what's called learned helplessness. You have given up. You've given up. And so every time you think about trying, you say, well, I tried it and it didn't work in the past. And so the, what happens is this type of person, they no longer see the world as cause and effect, reaping and sowing. Do you understand what I'm saying? For every action, there's what? A reaction. For every seed that you sow, guess what? Something comes up. And if you stop sowing seeds, guess what? Things don't happen. So then you, you, just, you make the situation worse by, I'm not going to do anything, therefore nothing happens in my life. You see? You see what I'm saying? So we get stuck. We have this learned helplessness. And you, you say, with God I can overcome this. Amen? Because remember, with God there are always options. But this person in a learned helpless mindset feels they have no choices. Our God can do all things. Amen? Okay? So let it be, there are always choices. Say that with me. There are always choices. Say it again. There are always choices. Good. God puts in every one of us an overcoming spirit. Every one of you in you has, God has put into you a overcomer spirit. It's there. Some of us have suppressed it. Some of it, the way of the world has put it down. Some of it has blamed. Some of us have just let it wallow in, in quietness. Romans 8.31 What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, what? Okay, let me say it again. If God is for us, then no one can be against you. You are an overcomer. The next scripture, Romans 8, 37-39, knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us, right? For I am convinced that neither Republicans or Democrats, neither the economy, neither sickness, I'm, I know I'm adding stuff, but this is kind of what they're saying, neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither the present nor the future nor powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You are an overcomer. Amen? Maybe you're not in the best job situation. Maybe your relationships are broken. Maybe you have this issue. Maybe you're past. Whatever it is, God can still make you a victor. There is a way out. There is an answer. Amen? Don't quit. Don't give up. 
Don't say you don't have choices. Now, the next thing, let me talk about this, is choice modeling. Now, I know this is a, a, a big scientific word. Counselors use this. This is where I got it from. I didn't come up with myself. I read about it. Choice modeling is this, poor mentoring. So, so if, if, if you, remember I used the example, I heard it from Reinhard Bonnke, where he used the example of this, of this lady. She saw her mom take a roast, and she cut the ends off the roast and would, would bake the roast. So the daughter saw that, and so the daughter then, every time she'd make a roast, she'd cut the ends off the roast, put it in the pan, and bake it. And one day, her mom was with her and said, said Honey, why, why do you cut the, the ends off the roast and you, and you put it in the oven? You're wasting all the... She said, Mom, you did that all the time. So I saw you do it, therefore I did it. She said, and, and the mom said, Honey, the only reason I did it is because the, my pan was too, or my pot was too small. So I had to cut the ends off. So she had some poor mentoring. Her choice discovery was very limited. Some of us have grown up, and I, and, and I remember talking to my brothers as we were growing up, saying, I will never do what mom and dad. How many of you have said that? I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to say that. Oops. And you did it. You said it. Why? Because it was the mentoring that you received through your good or bad. Good or bad is just the way it was. And so what you saw in the home was modeled in your life and you began to react and act in that way in life. Good and bad. There are traits about my mom and dad that I have. So God, I'm not going to do that. God, help me not to do that. And I catch myself, I don't want to do that, Lord, help me. And I make a choice. There are some traits that my my mom and dad did. I love it and I still do it today because it was a good thing. But so sometimes, sometimes in a job situation, sometimes in a home situation, sometimes in relationships, we had poor mentoring. Not because your parents or your boss are bad, it's just they just were never really taught beyond. And a person like me, I can read instructions, but I do really good if I see someone doing it too. I love the internet, I love YouTube, like I've been able to fix my car and bike, seriously. I mean, I'm a handy person because I learned it from my dad, but when I can say, I look at instructions sometimes like that, doesn't make any sense. They wrote this in, in French. I really don't speak French a little bit, you know. Uh, I can read a little Spanish or it's in, it's in you know, German. Uh, forget German. I, you know, I can't even do that. So I look through the instructions and so I say, you know, I'm going to Google that and find it. And boom, I see someone do it. I say, oh, that's how you do that. Choice discovering. I discovered a new method. So sometimes we're like, well, we've always done it this way. We've always done this way. You know, one of, the, um, one of the definitions for insanity are doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Right? We've always done it that way. But what do you get? Nothing. Okay, so if this isn't working, then I've got to find some different stuff. Amen? So maybe you had some poor mentoring. You know what? Just to get over it. So get over it. We've all had poor mentoring. So then choice discovery. Say, okay, if this isn't working, I've got to discover something new. I've got to go to someone else. Maybe my department has no idea. I'm going to go to this department and ask them. Maybe I'm going to go to this person. Maybe I'm going to go to that person because this group is not getting it, so I've got to go to this group. Choice discovering. Do you see what I'm saying? We must move past the, or, move past the it's not working, to, or, you know what, this isn't the choice I wanted to say. You know what, I've got to find someone who made it work. If, if you, want to be a, you want to grow in your field, and your field or your company, your business is, is dying, then maybe you need to find someone who is a success. And say, can you let me invest? Can I just buy you lunch once a week or once a month? And can I just talk to you about business? Can you help me tell me what you're doing to make something right or do this? Do you see what I'm saying? You have a choice. 
you can stay stuck or you can say, I've got to find some other ways to be mentored. Amen? So letter C, choose to discover. When you don't see any choices, keep looking. There's always a choice. Amen? I mean, I think about, I think about great scientists who've come up with things that we still use today. Light bulbs, telephones. They kept trying. They kept... This wasn't the answer. There's an answer. There's an answer. I think about medicines and science. I think about all that stuff. And then say, God, you're a God of creation. And I can go to you and you can give me the answer. Many scientists have come up with answers because they prayed and said, God, I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. You don't hear that very much anymore, but it has happened. Well, God, I need, I need it. And so they came in a vision. God spoke to them. God gave them in a dream. You see, you always have choices. Choose to discover. Amen? Move beyond blame. Take ownership of your life. Say, God, this isn't what I want, but find, help me to find an answer. Help me to find this thing that I need. Amen? Because God wants you to overcome. Amen? You doing good? Let's move on towards the end now. Letter, C, letter number six, circles of choice. Circles of choice. You can, again, stay in the old circles of choice where you're stuck, or you can say, I've got to move to some new circles. I've got to move to some new people. I've got to move to some new faith or new ground. Or God, I, I need you. You're the only answer I have. So letter A is losing your freedom of choice. Listen to this. When you feel like you have no choices, you surrender your freedom of choice. Does that make sense? If you say, I have no choices, you have just surrendered your freedom of choice. If you lay blame on others for, for what's happening in your life, you have just surrendered your freedom of choice. Are you grasping this? If you're not adaptable, remember the whole hot dog analogy? Then you have just surrendered your freedom of choice. If you can't get over the first roadblock and you quit every time, you've just surrendered your freedom of choice. Do you see what I'm saying? Listen, I've said this before. You can't control everything that happens to you in life, but you have a choice how to act or react. Bad things happen to good people. Right? People get sick. Things happen. People lose jobs. People lose family members. Bad things happen to everybody. You have two choices. You can blame and gripe and, and just get stuck or you can say, God, there is an answer. There is an answer. Show me the answer. Amen? God, I didn't want this, but I have it. So help me to go on now. Amen? You have a choice. You're in control. So let it be as this. Ch- check this out. We don't do well in prison. I'm not talking physical incarceration, but I'm talking mental, emotional, spiritual. God never intended for us to be in prison. Galatians 5.1, listen, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let anyone or let yourselves, I'm sorry, be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. John 8.36, so if the Son sets you free, what? You are what? Free indeed. If Christ sets you free, you're free indeed. Luke 4.18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because check this out. He has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty for the prisoners and recovery sight for the blind to release the oppressed. Man, God is a loving God. Amen? He doesn't want you in prison of sorrow, of shame, or addictions, or, or brokenness, or, or, or debts, or, or, or whatever sicknesses. He wants you free. And when you surrender your choices, of your freedom of choice, you are putting yourself into a prison. If you're blaming everyone else, if you're saying this is a situation, if even if you're blaming God, be careful of blaming God. It comes with consequences. Blaming in itself comes with consequences. But we are designed to be free. 
And life sometimes is a struggle. It's a struggle to gain and regain and, and live out our God freedom because there's always something or someone always wanting to pull us back into, into bondage. There's always something trying to pull us. It's not yourself. Sometimes it's the world around you. So you've got to say, God, I need your help. I call on you, God. The Bible says, it says, I, I called upon the Lord. Read Psalm 40 sometimes. Talk about how he was mired in the mud and he called upon the Lord. And all through the Psalms, God said he rescues people. God rescues us. Jesus can rescue you and I from what we're dealing with today. Amen? Set up guardrails. We talked about that. Boundaries. Know your weaknesses and stay away from them. Say, you know what? I'm tired of blaming. I'm tired of making excuses. God, help me to see the choices I have. Amen? God answers prayer. So then the last thing is this, is let Jesus set you free today. Man, I've been praying all week, Lord, I don't want to have a slick message. I don't want to be funny. I don't want to just have good worship. I want your presence this morning to set us free. And this morning, my prayer is that you are set free today. Through your thinking, through my thinking, that God, I, that God help me to stop thinking about this thing and, and only think that A plus B equals C when there could be a whole different answer and a whole different way to think about the situation. Some of us are stuck. Would you stand with us this morning? Some of you are stuck to a life-controlling habit. Some of you are stuck in a relationship. Some of you are stuck with this. Maybe a bad a work situation. Maybe, maybe, you, maybe you had a bad past. Maybe you did have parents that were bad to you. Maybe you had some bad situations happen to you. Maybe you have broken relationships. Maybe you have a sickness. I'm here to tell you there are options. And your first option is to go to God. Jesus sets the captive free. Let me read it to you. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to release the oppressed. Jesus is here today to set you and I free. And I need you not to run off. I need you to respond to the altar if that's what God wants you to do. Because I really feel strong. As we said during worship time, the presence of God is here. Would you just close your eyes and just say, God, I need you right now. If this is you, you there's an addiction. There, there's a situation in your life. You're, you're stuck. A, a relationship is broken. A job, dead-end career. A situation with a family member or, or, or a broken relationship with a parent or a brother or a sister. Or, or maybe something you need, you need God to give you an answer. Maybe you're blaming other people. Maybe you're saying, this is, this is just my life. It's not your life. It can be free of this situation. Father, in Jesus' name, would you open our minds up right now? Just as Elisha's servant, he felt like he was surrounded. He felt like there was nothing to do. But God, when, when, when Elisha saw it, he said, there are more for us than against us. And there are some of us in this room, in our situation, whatever it is, and it might be a real situation, it might be made up, it, it, and I'm not making light of it, God, but whatever it is, we feel surrounded. And I want us today that you'd open our eyes, God. Open our spiritual eyes to see that there are more for us than there are against us. And God, the Scripture also says that there is an open door. You always open a door for us. So Lord, in Jesus' name, I'm asking that you free us up. I'm asking that Jesus, that you free us up. Can you guys stop the music? There's talking right now. I'm asking, Lord, that, that you would free up our minds and our thoughts today in Jesus' name. And that God, that maybe we feel we're hopeless, but there is an answer. There is an open door. And I'm not here to judge anyone, Lord, because there's no one perfect in this room. But Lord, I want us to respond to you. I want us to respond to you. Maybe this morning you've heard me talk about this Jesus and you've never given your life to Him. Right now, with your eyes closed, your heads bowed, you say, you know what, I want to accept this Jesus. I want to be free of sin. I want, to, I want to give my life to Him and I want to go to heaven, but I want to have a relationship with Him. I know He's calling me. With your eyes closed, your heads bowed, you say, you know what, I need this relationship with Jesus and you've never done this before ever in your life. Would you just quickly raise your hand and say, I want to accept Jesus as my Savior. I want to make Him the Lord of my life. 
Father God, we love you this morning. We, I, it looks like everyone here has, has made a commitment to Christ. And so, Lord, we love you right now. And Lord, we're asking in the name of Jesus that your hand be manifest. And now here's the next thing. Friends, I want you to come to the front. If you're saying, you know what? I feel like I'm stuck or I'm in captivity or I have some, I, I, I'm limited in my choices. I need God to free me. Would you just come right now and say, I want God to give me choices. Come on. I want God to give me choices in my relationships, in my, my things I'm struggling with, in my job, in my marriage, in my health, in my church, in my nation. Maybe I feel stuck. Come on. Come to the front right now. I want to I lay hands on you in a moment. But I want you to come to the front right now. Say, I, I feel like there are no choices, but God, I want your choices right now. Come to the front. Come on. There are choices. God is a big God. He always makes a way. Maybe you say, I'm stuck. I can't get out of this. God can make a way. He has made a way. He has a way for you. Maybe you're blaming other people. Let God help you to be released of blame. Maybe again, you feel like, you know what, I've had some bad mentoring in my life and I want to be free and I want some new mentoring. Just, just come right now. God wants you free this morning. Jesus sets the captive free. Come forward. Be free from whatever things limiting you. You know, Pastor, I kept trying and I've, I've prayed and I've prayed and there's, nothing seems to answer. There is an answer. God has an answer. Come on down. Many of you are going to come down. Father God, we need you right now. I'm asking for your spirit to reign. I'm asking that you would take our limited minds, God, and you'd open our eyes to the bigger things. Maybe we have been abused. Maybe it wasn't our fault. Maybe we're in a situation that we got stuck in, but God, you can give us an answer today. You can free us today. There's liberty in the name of Jesus right now. Father, would you flow over this room right now? Would you flow over every person that I prepare? I'm going to go and I'm going to lay hands and I'm going to anoint oil on every person. And I'm asking that, Father, when I do that, your presence is made manifest. And I'm asking that at the same time an answer is brought or a new choice is open or that they see the open door that you have. There's always an open door. There's always an open door there, God. So, Lord, help us to go beyond that. I may not be able to understand what's going on, but you do, God, because you are tempted in every way and you never sin. And, God, you died. And, Jesus, you died and you were buried and you were resurrected. And that resurrection spirit lives in us right now. Come on, call on the name of the Lord right now. Call on the name of the Lord. Say, Jesus, I need an answer. God, I want your answer. God, I need, I need the hope. I'm going to pray. Don't stop praying. Pray out. Pray out. Father, in Jesus' name, I speak forth your provision. I speak forth answers. I speak forth, Lord, a a new hope today. I speak forth a new joy in every one of us, God, where there's an impossibility. Lord, there is always possibility. Where, Lord, maybe we feel like we cannot carry this burden anymore. There's an open door for us. It says in Corinthians that there's an open door that will help us to come out from under the burden. 
Maybe we're stuck in a work situation, a relationship. Maybe we're stuck in, in something that has us down. Today is a day of liberty. You need to proclaim it. Now, church, here's what you need to do. Every one of us in this room need to say, I rebuke the work of the enemy from my life. Come on, I rebuke you, Satan, from my life in Jesus' name. Come on. In Jesus' name, because there's power in Jesus' name. There's healing in Jesus' name. There's provision in Jesus' name. Now say, Dear Lord, open my mind. Open my spirit. Open my physical eyes. Open my spiritual eyes. Open my intellectual eyes to the answer. To the multiple choices that are there for me today. Lord, I accept your creative spirit. Renew my flesh, my mind, my spirit, and my faith. In Jesus' name. Whatever need you have. Now, would you just cry out to Him right there and say, God, I need you to intervene in this situation. God, I need an answer. Come on. He wants to do it. He wants to... There's going to be healing today. There's going to be liberty. There's going to be freedom. There's going to be provision. There's going to be a new idea. There's going to be an answer to that thing that you're dealing with. God, I speak it forth. There's no power in me. But Lord, I speak it forth. Lord, let us see that there are more for us than against us. God, so many of us, we look at the negative all the time. We, we want to stop looking at the negative. Lord, open our eyes, just like you did, Elisha's servants. Let us see the, the impossibility become possible, God. You can do it, God. You can do it, God. Maybe we've had some poor mentoring. We've had some bad examples. Give us new examples. Give us new situations. Maybe we have tried, but Lord, give us a new thing to try. Something different that will work, God, today. In Jesus' name, set the captive free. Open the eyes of the blind. Set at liberty those oppressed, God. We proclaim your acceptable year today. I speak forth provision. I speak forth healing. I speak forth new ideas. I speak forth liberty. I speak forth freedom. I speak forth faith. I speak forth courage. I speak forth strength, God. I speak forth your purpose and your power in this great church. And Lord, meet the needs of every family. But Lord, let us move beyond that and say you are God of possibilities. All things are possible. All things are possible. All things are possible. So Lord, we speak forth that if God is for us, then who can be against us? And that we can overcome all things because greater is He that is in us than he that is in the world. God, I love you, Father God. And I thank you that there are answers being made today. That, Lord, there are some new possibilities open up. Free, us our, free up our minds today, God, because you have answers for us, God. And you're a great God. And so, Lord, again, let us look to you always when we feel stuck, when we feel surrounded, God, that we can always look to you and say, God, there is an answer and there is a way out. Always. There's always a way out, Father. So again, I speak forth whatever you need to do in every person, every individual, every family, everything that's happening. Now, Lord, I want to speak to this church. I want to speak forth to this church. That, Father, sometimes I'm limited in my thoughts that we can only go this far, we can only do this because we only have this. God, nothing's impossible for you. Help us as a church to see that we can impact our community. We can impact our schools, our workplaces, our neighborhoods, our families and friends who mock us or they don't know you. We can see them saved, God. Lord, it is my desire that we preach the gospel to every home in Montgomery County. I know that sounds impossible. We can't do it without you, so Lord, we need to help that we preach the gospel to every home. Every home. We knock on every door and we present the gospel to every home two times in the lifetime of this church, at least in the next five years. Lord, make it happen. Show us that you can do anything. It's impossible physically, but God, nothing's impossible for you. Lord, free this church up to do new things. Free us up in our own personal lives to do new things, God. Free us up. And then, Lord, I mean it. I, I am slightly agitated, Lord. I am tired of people telling me the United States is going to end. I'm tired of people telling me that this world's going to end. It, it's going to end when you say it's going to end, God. 
And we need to keep living until the end comes, God. And so, Lord, I pray that for those who think it's, it's over. It's over. It's not over, God. It's not over till you say it's over, God. And I pray the church stops groaning and complaining about how bad it is in America. It's so good in America. Yes, wickedness is on the rise. Yes, politicians do crazy things. But God, we can do something about it. We can get on our knees. We can pray. We can fast. We can call them. We can write them. We can visit them and say, I don't agree with that or I agree with that. Father, let the church start being the church again. Let us come with the answers. We have the answer. His name is Jesus Christ. And so Lord, let us stop giving up on the world because you don't give up on the world. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And that's what we need to take to our friends, our co-workers, our family, our, our neighbors, God, who need you, our enemies who need you, God. We are not surrounded. Greater is He that is in us than He that is in this world. There are more for us than there are those who are against us. I know we feel like we're, we're being minimized. We're, we feel like we're being persecuted. And there is some of that happening, God. But you're bigger than all that, God. And so, Lord, whatever the, the polls might say, polls are just that. They're just, they just say what people want to say, God. I'm tired of hearing about that. You're bigger than any poll. You're bigger than any politician. You're bigger than any TV station. You're bigger than anything in this world. You're God. And so, Lord, I want the church to begin to live like that. That we start living our lives, that we are free to do what you want us to do. In our homes, in our lives, in our careers, in this nation, in this world, God. Set the church free to be the church again. We have the answer. We are the answer to society. So send us out. Baptize us fresh in the Holy Spirit. Baptize us and let the gifts of the Spirit flow in and through us so we can change the world, God. And Lord, send us out with your presence. Because we are your children and we have overcome. Because you're in us, God. We bless you. And we thank you. We just take a moment and say thank you, Father. Come on. Thank Him for the answer. Thank Him for the strength. Thank Him for the victory. Thank Him for opening the door. Thank Him for for shedding the light on your situation right now. God, you're able. We bless you, God. We bless you. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul. We love you, God. You reign. You reign today, God. You reign today. So, Lord, reign over every situation right now, God. And we thank you for the victory we have in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, amen, right? God is with you. You can do all things. Amen.